Welcome everybody to episode 28 of the Moneyline Madness podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm here with Matt. How you doing today? I'm feeling good. It's a Monday morning. I mean, it's a little bit rainy outside, so I guess that part is kind of killing my vibe. But other than that, I know that we got a lot of basketball to talk about because this weekend was absolutely bonkers. And I know you're probably itching to jump right into it. I am. It's weird you say the rain thing. We're expecting rain today, but it is sunny and perfect here, which is kind of annoying because no you, you know it's going to go away. That's the worst type of feeling. Dude, it's legit just foggy over here with just that haze and disgustingness. So I'm jealous. Want that? Well, maybe I'll, I'll be outside for a couple minutes and then it'll start raining. Kind of like the sun, the sun will disappear outside just like they disappeared last night and we'll let that take us right in to the nba last night do which game do you want to start with i think we should probably start with the suns game yeah we could start with the suns game for sure that to me was a little more surprising because they were home and and they had guys this was this was a legacy type game for cp3 and it did not go well what were your thoughts I mean, that was just disgusting. A disgusting performance all around. I mean, Chris Paul comes out and he gives you 10 points and four assists in 31 minutes in a game seven, bro. Absolutely disgusting. And like you said, it was a legacy game for sure. He was up 2-0 again, obviously. And this is now the fifth time in his career that he's blown a postseason 2-0 lead. So I, at this point, what can you say about Chris Paul? Like, is he going to ever get a ring? It's kind of fading out. That, it's unlikely that now. window. It's you most know? likely unlikely. These past two years were probably his best chance. I mean, even Devin Booker, like he needs all the heat too. Coming out in a game seven and putting up eleven points. It's just they're two superstars who a lot of people thought were in that upper echelon of tier of player. So to see them come out and absolutely flop against the Mavericks yeah. was just it was gross, especially at home. It's very surprising. Yeah, and on the flip side, I mean. What can you even say about Dallas? I mean, obviously you had Luka, but I don't think anybody had Spencer Dinwiddie doing that. I mean, he had 30 points, and I think he had how many at halftime? He had like 24 at halftime. Yeah, so he didn't do yeah much. I was going to say. He didn't do much in the second half because they didn't need to. So what, you know it's a good thing when you have zero did-not-play coaches' decisions on your team. That means you got to put everybody in because it was ugly. So I don't know. at when you're looking at that score, and it was, I think, what, 70 to 29 or 70 to 39 at one point? Yep. That was a very big surprise to me. In a game seven at home, that's probably the most embarrassing loss in Suns history, I would think. Absolutely. And we forget that Chris Paul was actually on the losing end of the game that in which the NBA playoffs or like had the biggest blowout. Mm-hmm. Remember, he lost when he was on the Hornets. He had mm-hmm. lost a 60-point loss in the playoffs. So this is actually not anything relatively too yeah. new to Chris Paul, which is really gross business, truthfully. Yeah, I think he was also on the team that blew the biggest lead in basketball history. If you remember yes, Clippers, the Clippers-Rockets game. Yes, dude. Yeah. They choked. Like, he's just notorious for this at this point. And, I mean, like you said, with the whole Dinwiddie thing, we got we got a Dinwiddie game this series. We got a Dorian Finney-Smith game this series. Oh, yeah. And Luka has just been facilitating and has been just an all-time Real realistically, I think he could be an all-time great playmaker, and really, we're kind of seeing yeah. these talents right now. Like his ability to control the game is just so nonchalant and effortless. And I get a lot of people say he could stomp the ball a little bit, but the way that he's controlling this game 
just, I mean, he won it himself. Like, not himself, but the way he was able to control the game won them that, like, single-handedly. After that whole incident with Devin Booker trying to steal the ball out of his hands, you knew that he was going to come out and he was going to make this game his no matter what. I think people are going to learn now. Do not mess with Luka Doncic. He is, when you anger him, he can get a lot like Giannis. He can take over, and it's it's very scary when he does that. And so moving forward for the Mavericks, how, how do you feel about their chances with, with the Warriors? Because I have a thought on this, but I'm going to let you say yours first because I'm very curious. Ah, oh, man. Okay, the only thing, I think that the Warriors probably take this series realistically in six or seven i just think that they have too much depth in comparison to the mavericks but the one thing that really does intrigue me is the fact that neither of these teams really rely on their big men like that so i think that it could be a matchup of those kind of small ball you know four forward lineups um i want to see draymond actually kind of take control of this game and be the big man down in the paint for the warriors because i feel like they could be sending out a lot a lot of lineups with him at the five. So I don't, it's tough, man. I think that it's going to be a great series and Luca and, and Steph, like they were going to compete a lot, but overall the Warriors are overwhelming. When you have a lineup of one through four, truthfully, they could play Curry, Clay, Wiggins, or Curry, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, Draymond against a team like the the Mavericks when they don't have anybody down low. Like I'm not intimidated by my, or Dwight Powell. No. You know, like nobody's nobody's hit scared of him. So you could put that lineup out there. And honestly, I don't see any team in the league beating that lineup. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But here the so what I was going to say, my thought here, I was looking at FanDuel and obviously we're a betting show. So I'll give you the odds. The Warriors are plus 125 to win the NBA finals. Understandable. Boston's plus 210. So those are obviously the favorites. But then you go down and the Heat are at plus 420. And then you take a giant dip when you look at the Mavericks at plus 700. And I don't think the Mavericks are going to win their series either. But I'd be hard-pressed to believe they're not a better matchup for the Warriors than the Heat are for the Celtics. And it being truthful about it, because you look at at, um, at Miami. The one time that this roster had a a big run, it was, it was in the bubble. They beat this Celtics team, but it was in the bubble. And Goran Dragic was scoring 30 points a game. Like, that's the last time this team had a great run. The Dallas Mavericks have Luka Doncic, who we just saw, dominate a 64-win team. Yep. And they, they, they dominate them at home. They struggled early, but they came back from down 2-0. So very clearly, they're a very talented team. So I'd, I'm hard-pressed to believe that they're not tougher on Golden State then Miami is on Boston. And Miami's the one seed. So saying this about the one seed seems weird. But you just saw Miami play Philly. They went. They only went six games, but they didn't look dominant all but one game. So those, going in and looking at those odds, I found it very weird that, first of all, any team that's in the top four should not be plus 700 at this point. Maybe plus 500, whatever. I was going to say plus 500 would be okay. But, but plus 700 is unbelievable odds i mean that's that's very high but that was a thought that i had when you look at the two conference finals i think both of them will go about six games but i think the warrior series probably goes longer just because just because dallas having that star just you know that really that's crazy like you said like 
being plus 700 when you have a solidified generational type of player on your team just sounds crazy. Yeah, it really does. Because Luca, like we saw, he has the ability to just take the series over in his hands and just make it whatever he wants. So I definitely think that the only team great enough with that type of also euphoric, you know, radiant greatness is the Warriors. And I feel like they're the only other ones that could really compete on that same level with that Luca star power. So we'll see from this series, bro. Wednesday night yeah. at nine o'clock. That's going to be insanely exciting. I'm so yeah. hyped at, at uh, Golden State. So they're going to be uh, in California and we're going to be pumping out bets for that one because I know oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for these conference finals. They get the uh, TNT games too. Very lucky. I always wish that we were on a, a TNT. We got ESPN for Eastern Conference. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, they had a game seven yesterday as well. And it was surprising, but don't get me wrong, it was surprising. More the way Giannis played, but also in Boston at home. I expected them to win. I didn't expect them to win by as much as they did. How did you feel about this game? Honestly, another game in which I feel that a player's legacy is taking a hit. I mean, I think that Giannis, I mean, putting up 81 points in a game seven, bro, like Mm -hmm. as a team just is unacceptable. Whether you're even for the Suns, the Suns, a team that went to the finals, putting up 90 points in a game seven, also unacceptable. The fact that you have zero offense, really, just besides Chris Middleton in this game, it's just gross. Like, you, are you really going to sit here, Bucks fans, and use that as the excuse that, like, oh, Middleton would have been the difference maker when you lost by 28 points? You know, well, like, it's just, it's tough. I don't, I don't really like the whole um, narrative of, like, oh, the Bucks weren't fully healthy because you guys really, like, you beat the shit out of these guys. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, they didn't look like they were competing for any of the game. Yeah, it and it's and don't give me the you were losing a player thing because Rob Williams didn't play in a lot of the games and the Celtics were out rebounded in every single game he did not play, even the ones they won. Yesterday they were out rebounded by eight rebounds. That's not two that's not one or two. That's eight rebounds. That means you had eight more possessions in theory than they did. Eight more chances and you didn't do it. You, they turned the ball over 13 times. Chris Middleton's not gonna help you with all of that. Those the the him not being there thing. That doesn't matter. If he was he wasn't Absolutely. there against the Bulls, you beat the Bulls. So what like you can obviously win without him. Now, when you look at Giannis, every I saw on Twitter yesterday everybody saying he has not had good runs. He's had three first round exits or two first round exits and two second round exits. And I think at Easter Conference Finals loss and then the NBA title. People don't understand. LeBron made everybody kind of feel feel some type of way about playoff runs. It is not easy. And I'll be fair to it. I know Tatum's had like what four, I think, Eastern Conference final appearances now. It's different when it's like him. He's always had a great team around him. For Giannis's case, they just became like a really dominant team last year when they got Drew Holiday. So when they got him, they kind of became a really a, a big three in, in a sense. Obviously, they were missing one, but for Giannis, I don't like take this as a hit as his legacy because. I think they weren't the better team. Like they, their seed wasn't the better team. They decided not to play home court advantage. They had their chance the last game of the season. They decided not to. It's less on Giannis for me, although he did. He looked he horrendous, looked, bro. He shooting terrible. four three pointers in a game seven is just gross yeah. for me. For well, me at, at one one of them, I looked at. It was late in the game. There were 
they were on life support as a team, and he took a three that if he took one that was a two point game, he probably would have been benched. Like he would, they were taking very weird shots toward the end. But yeah, I don't take it as a hit on his legacy. He's a great player. He has an NBA. He has a championship. He's got more than the other guys do right now. I mean, he's got more than Luca. He's got more than Tatum. So I mean, he does have that going for him, the the one championship. But he'll never be in CP three stance because he has one. But I don't take it as a hit yet. If it happens again, if he goes and disappears again next year, then you'll have to start looking at it. But for this season alone, I think Giannis did a great job in other games. But yesterday he looked he looked terrible. So. Now let me ask you. Let me propose this. So, being that like you cut that cut out this season and say we're just at the end of last year, Giannis just wins the championship, and obviously he's on cloud nine. Everyone's like, yo, Giannis Antetokounmpo might go down as an all-time great being that his roster is already or his roster his resume is already this massive and he's only 25 years old so that part of it is where I kind of get a little bit I don't know there's some hesitation for me because I feel like we were referring to him as kind of this guy that could go down as an all-time great and for him to come out and just absolutely like flop I don't I don't know I mean it just I get that he had he put up 25 points, 20 rebounds, 9 assists. So he had a good game. Like mm-hmm. I mean statistically good game, I guess. Yeah. But when you watch that game 7, the way that like you would want Giannis to take over and kind of control it the same way we're talking about Luka like the same way Luka did last night. You need that when you're yeah. the best player in the world. Like you need to be able to come out and win your team a game like that so for a guy that is consensus like the guy right now you know yeah. he's the best in the league like so many people I, I know I say I could point to him and be like oh that guy's the best in the league right now you know, yeah, you know no. Giannis is unstoppable so for him to come out and flop bro I don't know that definitely yeah. like a slight hit on his legs it's certain, I guess crazy. it hits it a little bit nothing like you're gonna like never want him to be in a playoff series again but no I I understand that point of view it should take a little bit of a hit I do want to I don't want to let Mike Budenholzer slide I mean Come on. Grant Williams was shooting threes wide open all first half. All night. All night Why are bro. you still letting him do it? I'm not saying double Grant Williams, but put somebody on him who's going to guard We got to get guy. some closeouts. Like, it was really bad, bro. The whole yeah. kick and push to Grant Williams was hitting every single play. And, I mean, Drew Holiday putting up 21 points. He went 0 of 6 from 3. Like, we need to start making a little bit of adjustments, Dude. you know? They were trying to push Pat Connaughton in that game the entire time because he was the only one that he's the only one on that team that like I guess Grayson Allen's kind of like that, but he's kind of like their Duncan Robinson except he's good. So Pat Connaughton's able to hit those shots, couldn't do it. When when I realized he was off, I was like, all right, this team does not have it today because nobody could hit a three. I think they weighed what four the entire game. Boston took like I think it was what sixty almost. Uh, yeah, Bobby 55. Portis had the most threes on the Bucks. They were both they were he had two right. They had both contested three pointers too. So, uh, yeah, I, for Budenholzer, they just were not getting their offense. I can't really blame him for. But why are you letting Grant Williams shoot that three all game? After you you saw in the first half, he was okay. He had three threes made. He was wide open every time. I mean, you saw you could have seen that coming. You give you give a guy twenty three pointers, he's gonna make at least five of them. And there's fifteen right there. And he outscored some of your guys on your team. So they had to defend him better. They didn't do that. And I'm sure Eric Spolstra was looking at, at that. His eyes were closed watching that. He was like, what the what the hell is going on here? That certainly Seriously. won't be happening again. So didn't want to leave Budenholzer out on that one. He's to blame on that. So 
for sure. Well, let me hear about your Celtics. What? Because what more can go right for you guys, truthfully? Well, they can end this thing in five, like they were supposed to do a couple of years ago. This this game, this series, kind of it for me. It's kind of revenge because I remember in the bubble, the Celtics they had they had swept the Sixers. They won a game seven against the Raptors, and I was like, oh, we're going to the finals. I was thinking sweep. I thought we were sweep Miami a few years ago, and then. Then they lost in five. And now I'm kind of looking at it as like, all right, let's get some revenge on these guys. Like, like We're I love the bubble. You know, you know, like there's no more of that nonsense. Yeah, you get some games at TD Garden. I, I like Jimmy Butler. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm obviously, you know, how I'm a fan of that homeboy in South Beach, Tyler. But absolutely. In this case, uh, not talking about them anymore. Not not fans of them right now. Got to. Gotta win this series. I mean, I'm sick of going to con. It's the same way I feel about the Packers. I'm sick of going. I'm sick of getting close. Let's get there. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying if we make it to the finals, we have to beat Golden State for me to be happy. No. You gotta get to the finals though. Like it's every year you get close. Eventually, getting close isn't enough, and getting close isn't enough. So they gotta get there and get get to the finals. But man, I, I think it was Charles Barkley or Shaq. One of them said it yesterday. If you didn't think Tatum was a top ten player, you just do. You have to now. He moved up. Absolutely, six or seven he needs his five. respect. Yeah, he and needs his respect, bro. Absolutely. I'm not even saying it for last game. He was. He only shot. He shot fifty percent yesterday, seven for fourteen, which is great. He had twenty three points. Um, but the game before that, we weren't. We haven't recorded since then. Forty six points, and any anything you do historic as a Boston Celtics player is impressive because their history, everything's been done. So for him to do that on the road was very big. So he took some steps up in this series and I hope he does it again. Cause I expect him to. And, and Jalen Brown as well. Yesterday he shot 50% as well. So those two together never break them up. I mean, it's that type of type of feeling. I don't know how that was ever a question, but it's impressive what they did. And obviously to get me to the finals, and then then we can celebrate even the more. finals. Yeah, I think it was what was it? Celtics legend Paul Pierce who had the quote: "I'm I'm tired of just getting a taste. I want the whole load." Yeah. So we could put a pause on that, but we put a pause. You on know, that. yep. We'll we'll take that for uh for Celtics fans for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's going to be an exciting couple series of conference finals, and it's sad to see the NBA wrapping up because I love you know moneyline madness. We love our NBA. Best, oh yeah. So. It's gonna hurt oh, yeah. seeing this season pass by, but uh, you know how it's I really think exciting. of it. You know, I think of it when the NBA wraps up. You get a couple month break of like, I guess you get baseball, but of like uh, talking because we're gonna talk about baseball, obviously. But then it signals that football is just a few months away, and that that's kind of yep. how basketball. And then when football starts, you only gotta wait a month, and then you got basketball back. I think it's the shortest off season for a reason. The NBA, I think it's like a what four month off season. So we'll have yep. it back soon enough, but. Back in no time. Oh, yeah. But speaking of baseball, do you want oh, yeah. to head over and give the people? We're going to be giving you all, of course, a few ways to win some money today. I know oh, the yeah. NBA has nothing going on, but we'll be back with those picks tomorrow. And in the meantime, we're going to pump out a couple picks on the diamond just to see if we could get some cheeky bread during today's little uh, rainy day. Yeah, I don't know why I can't find my MLB at bat app. Oh, there it is. Okay. And um, I'm ready to, uh, ready to go. Let's uh, do it. So... You want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. I have a feeling I know what your first bet is. So, do you? I don't know because I was going to come I, from might left have the field same a little thing. bit here. Oh. I was going to make a little conversation over your buddy over in uh, L.A. He's pitching right now, or not right now, but he's pitching tonight <laughs> for the Angels oh, against no. the Rangers. 
Yep, it is your boy, Noah Syndergaard. I know he threw some shade at you guys last week. He's yeah. being a little bit of a douche. It, it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was unnecessary, in my opinion. How do you oh, feel? Oh, yeah. A lot of what he does is unnecessary, to be honest. I, it's the same thing that Paul Seawald did. I don't know why Mets players leave and then feel like they have to shit on the organization. Yep. It's a different organization now, so I don't really know what you're shitting on. I mean, the the team no, is literally Everything is revamped. There's a new owner. Like, yeah. you're just... There's a new yeah, manager. Soft, I, bro. I really don't know what, what you guys are talking crap about. I mean... And if for Noah, we we offered you nineteen million dollars, you took twenty. You took a million dollars to leave. I don't know what you want. Are you mad the Mets wouldn't give you a million dollars? I'm sorry, I really am. Yep. <laughs> you pitched two innings last year. Like, come on, let's. No, nah, that's gross. I know that uh, you don't like him, but not I do have the Angels run line tonight minus one and a half going up against the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they, the Angels last week found themselves on a little bit of a three game skid. They dropped off a little bit, but a team like the Rangers has been an absolute punching bag for everybody this season. Uh, I, they're not as bad as they were last year, thankfully, but the guys that they picked up Seager, uh, Semyon, like they're not stepping up the way that the Rangers really thought that they were going to turn out. They haven't made any type of step towards being a no. legitimate, like, competitive team so for that reason today i'm going to take that angels one minus one and a half on the run line that comes in at plus 122 and being in texas they're at the coliseum so i think that the angels are going to put on a show and uh, maybe even a show hey oh oh yikes um yeah for texas you got john gray who was also one of their top free agent acquisitions and his era is i was gonna say good. six right is it five fifty one 551 like on the year. 0-1, 551. So one thing I can guarantee you not to bet on is is whatever Noah Syndergaard strikeouts is, put it at an We're under. We're staying away from that. Yeah, yep. he is. He's not doing a good job striking people out. But uh, I'll go with mine. I thought you were going to go to the Yankee game. I'm I'm pretty certain they're going to win tonight, and I'm pretty certain it's going to be by two runs. So I've got the Yankees I got minus that as one well. and a half. It's, I mean, we're uh, playing the Orioles, bro. Yeah. Come on. Come on, give they're, us some respect. They're beating some really good teams right now, and now they're going to play Baltimore. That sometimes that could lead to a letdown, but I, I don't think it will. That they, they're really good. They don't even have double digit losses yet. I mean, they're the only team in the MLB with with still under ten loss. That's amazing to me. But for how poorly that team started, I'm I'm impressed with everything. New York runs baseball, honestly. Uh, the Mets took they a little really step do. back this weekend. They lost their first series. It happens, but New York still runs baseball, so. Yeah, well, don't I, worry. We'll keep this seat warm for you until Degrom gets back. If you guys well, running away, well, I think it was more they couldn't hit. I mean, they were they were struggling. Yeah, no, I mean, was. yesterday was pitching, but the other day they couldn't I mean, hit. Scherzer, it, yeah, yeah, Scherzer gave you a great game, and you just couldn't give him the run yeah. support in that case. So yeah. it happens. Uh, I think that the Mets will definitely be back. Yeah. So I wouldn't be oh, yeah. wouldn't be too worried for about sure. that. But the Yanks, they're playing the best ball that I've seen them play probably in years. Truthfully, oh yeah, I've not looked through. The Yankees pitching staff one through five and been this confident that we could win the game today as I had like have been the past few weeks. So I'm going to go with I like your pick of the uh, run line. I think that that's pretty much free cash. Truthfully, yeah, um, I'm going to get a little more, uh, you know, shysty on this one. Speaking a little more New York uh, last week, I hit this bet. So I'm going to come back to it. I hit it at a plus one ninety clip last week. And I'm going to hit it now at a plus 195. And that savvy? was the Yankees money line and the over. Thanks. I don't know if you remember me throwing that on top of your bet last week. Yeah, we had the, the over. White Sox. 
They scored yep. 22 in that game. We had eight. That's <laughs> yes, sir. Exactly. The Yankees put up fucking like 15 runs they that was, night. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So um, that bet definitely hit. Yeah. That was uh, that was clear. Um, so I'm going to go back to that New York Yankees money line and over eight and a half runs. That comes in at plus 200. Uh, the Yankees are playing such good baseball. I think we're going to put up 10 runs tonight. So they just beat. They like to beat up on the Orioles when they're they're feeling good. So yeah. I'm expecting if you want to even dabble in props, a potential Glaber Torres home run. Yeah, I don't I know. know if <laughs> With that big wall in, in right field, uh, left field now, it's kind of weird. That's he a, has like look 30 home runs at Camden Yards, so yeah. it's uh it's kind of nuts how much that guy how well that guy hits in Baltimore. So if you were to dabble, maybe a GT home run, but I'm sticking with that run line for free cash, and then going with the money line and the over as well. I like that. That's good. Stack up on the Yankees right right now. They're they're gonna make you a lot of money right now. So I have a con- uh, kind of a contingency bet if you want to say that. Uh, the Mets are probably not going to play today. It's going to be very nasty, although it's going to stop at like 7.30. So in theory, they could delay the game till 8.30 and play it, but nobody's going to be in the stands, and flooding's going to happen a lot in New York, so I doubt they're going to play. But if they do play over 8, both... Miles Michaelis is a 149 ERA. However, the Mets did score a few runs on him when they last faced him. And um, for the Mets, it was supposed to be Tyler McGill. He is now out for a couple of weeks. So it's Trevor hey. Williams, who has a 573 ERA. So over eight runs, please feels pretty safe on that one. Um, if they do play, obviously it's going to be. It's tough to foresee them playing, but that's just in case. So if they don't play, I've got one. I've got one that starts around the same time. Uh, the Braves at the Brewers. Braves are coming off a really rough loss yesterday. They look their pitching looks very bad right now. So I have the Milwaukee Brewers by a run and a half in this one. The spread uh, that comes in at plus one fifty at home. I don't know how it's plus one fifty. So I'm feeling pretty confident with Ian Anderson on the mound for uh, Atlanta. Milwaukee's got a lineup. Christian Yelich is getting hot. So I really feel like Milwaukee in this game by a couple of runs feels pretty good. I like it, dude. Very interesting point about the Braves pitching. Isn't it interesting now that, uh, I mean, last season they weren't even a great pitching staff either when they, you know, won everything. So we saw them go into that postseason and all of a sudden they have Mm -hmm. the best bullpen in baseball. Like, I don't know, man. Something last season was last postseason in baseball was a little fishy about the Atlanta Braves. (laughs) Because yeah. I was a little skeptical of them, like after the All Star break last year, right? I didn't think that they were that great of a team, no, though, especially I, I, after losing no. Acuna. So when they made that kind of Cinderella story playoff run, I was definitely like, "Yo, this is—it's a great run. Like they played well, but then again, it definitely looked a little, a little fraudulent." Yeah, a little I don't know. Bit. It gave me—it gave me fraudulent vibes. <laughs> so I wasn't going into the season. I know people were like, "Oh, they're the reigning champs, and they're getting Acuna back." And I was, no. I was like, "I don't know. It, th- that pitching staff is really what I need to see dominate if I want to be convinced that they're a legitimate contender." And like you're saying, it's been slacking a little bit. So I like that pick entirely. I like the Brewers tonight. They're at home. Plus one and a half comes in at, or minus one and a half comes in at plus 150. So you're getting positive bread. And yeah, I'm jumping all over that right with you. They got Colton Wong has been getting hot as well. I really, oh. the Brewers have a good makeup of that team. So they do. I really like the, the squad that they got going on. Good, a very good lineup there. We were talking about the Mets. I mean, they can't, they can afford to go on a cold streak because you go look at every single record in the NL East. None of them are even 500. So that's the type of, the, and then Atlanta's included in that. They're three games under. So, um, yeah, the, Atlanta really, they're very curious to me because 
They have Acuna now back, although I think he's still banged up a little bit, which is why he's a gun- he's not playing well. So what's the point of playing him right now? He's not going to play well for you. And when it comes to their pitching, I mean, they, they kind of leaned on Charlie Morton a lot last year. And that guy has uh, about a six ERA. So you I mean, he was never yeah. he was never great, bro. He was he never was really a good, good pitcher. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, no, he was never uh, an all star caliber pitcher mm-hmm. though. Like he had a good season with Houston, sure, maybe yeah, one season with Houston. Yeah. He had two good seasons with Tampa, but I'm he's a spin rate. He's a spin. Well, rate last guy, year, last know? year with Atlanta, he was really good throughout the. Length of the season for what they needed. I think he had like a 310 ERA or something like that. He was very good for the length of the season, which they needed because a lot of their pitchers got hurt. Soroka got hurt. Freed went through something. But now, none of them, like, I don't think Soroka's back. Freed looks decent. Kyle Wright got off to a great start. He's getting lit up now. And Charlie Morton's just there. And you you want him to be Mr. Consistency as a 6 ERA now. So he's not helping yep. you anymore. So now nobody in your rotation is helping you. And that's... That that's stressful when you're the Braves, especially when you see all throughout your division it's supposed to be everybody battling, but really it's just one team running away with it. And if they go on a cold streak, maybe it gives you a chance. But you go can't look rely at the ske- go look Absolutely. at the Mets schedule in the next week. They play uh, St. Louis, but then they go to Colorado, so it's not like uh, it doesn't free, get easy. Free bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of those Rockies, I have them. Uh, I have their over tonight because they're playing at Coors Field. So whenever they go, whenever they play at Coors, I go with the over. So the Giants at uh, Rockies over twelve rounds tonight. Just that also feels free. Oh, okay. Just to just to sprinkle that in there with they got what is that? Alex Wood going up for and, the uh, and Senzatella for the, for the Senzatella. My favorite. All right, yeah. And then I also I got two more little ones for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Yusei Kikuchi tonight. He's under five and a half strikeouts. Uh, his line actually last week against the Yankees was sitting at three and a half, I believe, three and a half or four and a half. And then he put up seven. Yeah. So from that, I guess that they're really feeling like he's going to make a come up. I don't know about mm-hmm. all that. Pitching um, against I his know, former team helps. It does. Probably a little revenge action. I like I definitely see that side of things, but then again, man, I don't, I don't know. Six strikeouts is a lot for me for a yeah. guy like Kikuchi. No, I, I don't know. He doesn't you. have that put away yeah, pitch yeah. that he could go to like every single time. That's going to get him out of there. And I don't know. His fastball doesn't overwhelm me to where he could blow by us. So I, I think that he's getting under those five and a half strikeouts yeah. today. To be fair, he only minus. he only got he only got over his strikeouts because he was facing the Yankees and Gallo played so. Exactly. That, that's, that's why I have literally like been putting everybody I know onto yeah. this trend of Joey Gallo. If Joey Gallo is in the lineup for the Yankees, go to the other pitcher and pick the over on strikeouts. It's it's you got cash. two Joey, or three free ones right there. He doesn't even care about striking. Dude, out. even if Joey Gallo goes deep that game, he's gonna come back and he's gonna he'll, strike yeah, out two. He'll go one times. for four. He'll go one for four with three strikeouts and a home run. He had a great day. That, that's the yep. type of day he has. Yeah, he'll put it. He'll lay his head on the pillow at night, just happy as hell that yeah. he had that one home run. Hey. It is disgusting business. But they I mean, as long as we're winning I mean, games, yeah. yeah. If we're winning games, so be it. Yeah. So be it. You got any more ML bets? MLB bets for me? No, I do not. I just wanted to say we, uh, you and me, sir, with the hockey bets, we have. We're we're basically going to be able to extend it now because I think we're going to be betting. We're going to be able to tell you guys to bet the Rangers. As long as they're playing and with them winning game seven, their season extends. So we're going to yes, get sir. to talk about hockey a little bit more, too. Just very Yes, sir. That kicks off actually Wednesday, I believe. Yep. Wednesday I believe against the Did you see the goal? 
the last goal? I did. Were you, wa- were yeah, you watching I wa- live? It was, I was. I was watching live oh in my, my friend's garage, bro. That it was, was electric. Insanely hype. Once they got the power play, I was like, oh my God, this is going to happen. Oh. Like, we're 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 going to do this. Like, yeah. And you saw Madison Square Garden. Absolutely electric. Dude, bro. when New York is good in sports, sports are great. That's Adele, yeah. ne- The basketball does not... The NBA, NBA is never really going to be big in, in basketball right now until the Knicks are great. And that... You know, we'll see when that happens. Soon, but Brooklyn, soon. Brooklyn ain't doing it. But when every other sport is feeling it right now, you got baseball feeling it, you got hockey feeling it, football. We'll see. Yep, Giants are contenders. I think, like I think a lot of people are more excited about the Jets this year, and I think they should be because their schedule is not that strong. And Zach Wilson's gonna take a little leap this year. So uh, he is. He is. A lot of New York stuff going on. Yeah, New York like is great. Said, sports are better when New York is good. I agree entirely. Um. And it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting. So let's go Rangers, and uh, yeah, well, you know we're gonna be dropping a couple more hockey picks if we're hot. So oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna be riding the hot hand. Um, for more picks, in case we find anything tonight, in case we find anything else tomorrow, uh, make sure you're following us on social media at ML Madness Pod. We're dropping content constantly, and you don't want to miss any way to make some extra dough. You know, this yes, is just sir. passive income over here at Moneyline Madness. Oh, yeah. That's what we like to call it. So. I don't know about you, but I think that's going to do it for 2-8, huh? Yes, sir. But, well, thank you guys for listening. My name is Matt. That is Andy. And this has been Moneyline Madness, episode 28. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Go dogs.